From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up Board Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, practice observations from Tuesday. Wake Up Board Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, Florida. Check out the website, cptallybar.com, or pull up their, uh, or rather, pull out your phone, pull out your camera, and then the logo of our show, QR code, gets you right to the website. You can place your order online. But as we say all the time, once you do place that order and you pick it up, you'll be like, eh, I think I'm just going to hang out here and eat it. Seems pretty cool in here. So uh, check out the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Check out Warchant.com. The launch special no longer, uh, but not a bad consolation prize, Corey. $10 now for an entire year, and that promo is going to stay $10 until August 2023. So start saving up, everybody. No excuses. None. I, well, because by that time, you're not going to want to join August. By the way, we didn't know that. Did. I, I don't want you to That's think that incredible. we thought this whole time this was going to happen <laughs> yeah. and we were just slow playing you. Like, I figured it was going to go back up to normal prices after the, yeah. after the promo deal. It's still not close to normal prices. I would say it's one-tenth of a normal price. Yeah. Um, so legitimately, take, take advantage of it. I guess you got a few minutes, but take advantage of it for this football season. And then next football season, you're not going to want to pay $100 a year when you could get it for $10 a year. And also, you're not going to want to – it might be $200 or $300 a year. They might have – Jordan <laughs> Travis might be a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, Jared Verse might be a uh, – what do you call a defense – what's the defensive Lombardi? end award? Um, well, there's Lombardi, right? There's yeah. also – I think there's like an actual defense, like the Ted Hendricks Award maybe. Okay, yeah, correct. Look at you. Yeah. That's right. My man. Okay, there you go. Um I was gonna. I'm not gonna say anything about uh, uh, the Groza, but but they they're got, they might have some real award candidates next year, gang. If that Bolitnikov, maybe you don't know when, who these guys are coming back. Who's going to be coming into the program? You're going to want to be a part of this. And what's cool about it, and I'm really pitching it here. You know, you it used to be once the season ended, it was kind of dull for the next two months, and then you got signing day, so that would heat it up again, and then it's really dull for the next seven months until the season starts again. Not not anymore, man. That portal's open. You're going to want to know all the portal news, who's coming, who's going. You're going to want to know how they're looking in the recruiting class. So you're going to want to be a part of this now. So hop on board. Quit being a baby. Also, subscribe to our YouTube page if you're listening to us on YouTube. Thumbs up as well. We certainly would appreciate it. And you folks on your Apple devices, if you use that podcast app, search for Wake Up Board Channel. You'll see two results. Hit the one on the right. That's the one you want to pull off of, so we'd certainly appreciate that. All right, let's get to it then, Corey. Probably not a lot on the bone for you folks on this show, but we'll be live later this evening, 6 p.m., Corey and myself, Mm. live edition of Wake Up Board Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, as well as DeLuna Coffee, and then we'll do Renegade Express on Friday's show. So uh, we got you covered. And then no happy hour because they're on the road. But we'll still have a pregame show, a watch-along. Jeff Cameron will make his triumphant return to that. Uh, So we'll be ready and rocking and rolling in the postgame show as well, obviously. 
All right. Um, oh, is it so? Is it no Dominic uh, this weekend? Yeah, I think. Yeah, correct. He he has a he had a prior engagement that he let us know about when we okay. first uh, had this all settled up. So uh, I think Jeff Jeff was a huge hit during the Louisville game, if I'm not mistaken. I think that game he uh, hopped on with the Tom, and everyone loved it. So I think what's cool about it, it and look, I I love the Dominic stuff too. Like Dominic is very analytical. He tells you why something's happening, what's happening. But Jeff Jeff turns into a fan. Uh, especially late in the game, and I I love those th- those reaction videos on YouTube, man, yeah. of like big plays happening. Like what? There had to be. Well, the the one that I've watched a lot is the uh, Georgia winning the national championship on that pick six, because you know it was such a moment in the game where people were recording the parties they were at, yeah. because either Georgia was about to be heartbroken or they were going to wrap up a championship. And in those reaction videos from all across the state of Georgia where number one, where he intercepts it. And then they all start, you know, then you're like, it starts building and building because he's running towards the end zone. Man, those things are awesome. And the beauty of like a, a, a the, the, with Jeff and Tom, the watch along with them is you, if, if Florida state wins, especially if they do something late to win, you get a really cool reaction shot. Those things are fun, man. Whatever happened to the surveillance video at the corner pocket of the LSU game, Corey, huh? So huh? not only that, there's that one, and then there's the Louisville game. And they're really cool, but Bill doesn't like it because they're black and white. Um, I've seen them. They're cool. Um, but because it's dark in there, he keeps it dark. The The security camera automatically goes to black and white. Oh, okay. And um, I'm like, well, man, next time it's a close game late, turn on the flipping lights. Let's get crazy in there because it will be, and I'm I'm gonna do it anyway. I think when once they if and when they win one of these next two games late in a really fun, cool way, I'm gonna put I'm gonna make sure I get it, and then we're gonna splice it together with the LSU and the Louisville, and that'll get that'll go viral. Okay, okay. What's that out to you Tuesday, Corey? Uh, for me, it uh, health wise, I think is what everybody's concerned about. Players to see Jared sure. Verse out there, Derek McClendon out there. No, uh, you know, green jersey on either of those guys. Right. And then maybe even more importantly, and this is why they call it the Coracle, Jordan Travis with uh, no apparent supports on his uh, lower extremities, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how guys get healthier as, a, as the season goes on, but he looks like a guy that's got healthier somehow. That's cool. Especially well, on the heels hold. of you saying I, look- that uh, – Maybe we need to start running homeboy a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, look, it, maybe he just got tired of wearing the thing. Maybe he feels like uh, uh, encumbered by it. But um, yeah, that you look, if he can get his legs to a hundred percent or close to it, like look, that you feel like that was. I got. I know Louisville was what two games ago now, but it you know it was less than a month ago, right? Or right at a month ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know that that looked awful. So I doubt he's been a hundred. I mean, in fact, well, he's had a brace on. We know he hasn't been a hundred percent in his legs. He's been good enough to play and play well, except really well in a, co- a couple instances. But um, but still, you know, hopefully he hasn't taken many hits, man. Um, hopefully he's close to full speed, um, and that would be very very encouraging because Jordan Travis at full speed is a handful. Uh, he's already good with the arm and in the pocket and doing things with the throwing like. A full-speed Jordan Travis, I don't know how you're going to score a ton of points. Well, you're probably not going to score a ton of points either of the next two weeks. But how you get to 30 in either one of these games, unless Jordan Travis is doing at least a little bit with his legs. Also, don't forget Robert Scott. Hmm. Like, that's that that's a big deal, too. Um, you know, we have no idea if he's going to start, if he's going to play. But let's just say it was, in, you know, pretty encouraging to see, uh, number one, just to see that he was out there on Saturday. 
Right. Like he was dressed out, right, Aslan? He yeah. wasn't. He there there to me it looked like he could have maybe in an emergency played. And now some of you might hear that and go, well, wasn't didn't it become an emergency there in the uh, with, with Darius at left tackle? I get it, but I think more like if one of the other guys got hurt and they had to move Darius somewhere else, maybe they slide in Robert Scott then. But yeah, man, I I think there's a there's at least a decent chance that he plays. I don't know if he starts, but I think he plays, and um, that's good news too because. You think about that Louisville game. You have your quarterback pounding the turf. You have your all-star defensive end writhing around in pain. And then I'm telling you, he walked out of that medical tent 30 yards by himself away from everyone and looked like he was wiping his eyes and just staring off into the distance. Mm -hmm. So you think, okay, well, that probably wasn't great news. Um, And then uh, Robert Scott, the way he went out uh, in the fourth quarter of that game. And now... You know, your quarterback's back, your defensive end looks to be back, and now your left tackle could be back, certainly isn't out for the year. When you think about what that's, what the season was looking like in that hour-and-a-half window, you know, overall, I know there's going to be two tough games, but for the course of the season, for the overall, um, you know, narrative of the season, pretty good news all around. Yeah, I certainly hope that all of them – well, we know Jordan will keep playing. Uh, Jared obviously se- seems like uh, if he was able to play 23 snaps, uh, you know, he'll, at least we'll get that as that much out of him this coming yeah. week. But Robert yeah. Scott's probably the, the one to keep an eye on, and we certainly will uh, later this morning. Check out uh, our YouTube page. We'll have footage from practice. And yeah, check I, out War Chant. You can read the uh, yeah. observations as well. Yeah, boom. From uh, from Tom Lang, as well as Henshaw's house. Check that out. George mm. Henshaw, NFL coordinator experience. Uh, was on Bobby Bowden's staff back in the day. Uh, hangs out with uh, Irish O'Fell and shoots the breeze about ball. Yep. So just two Matt dudes Henshaw's talking Matt Henshaw's dad. Yeah. Matt Henshaw's dad. You know a little trivia about Matt Henshaw? Sure, go for it. Here it is. I'll give you some. The, in the I th- What class was it? I'm going to say it was the 2001 recruiting class. Sounds right. Florida State signed three prep quarterbacks. Ooh. Matt Henshaw was one. Who were the other two? Oh, gosh. 2001? They were both big names. Was it Adrian McPherson? That's one. Um, everyone's shouting the other one at me. No, no. It wasn't Ricks because Ricks was 2000, wasn't he? Yes. It was a guy that never actually ended up playing football. Everyone's yelling at me. Yeah, I, I'm not Fabian. Joe Maurer. Oh, oh, yeah, everyone. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. My bad. Sorry, My bad. man. Sorry. But that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. And then Matt Henshaw became a tight end. Joe Maurer became a uh, fringe Hall of Fame baseball player. And, uh, you know, Adrian McPherson did what he did. Got ran over by a freaking uh, injury cart and hurt him. Was it the, wasn't it the mascot, like the Saints mascot in a golf cart or something, drove around and hit him? I was I was thinking more about what he did at Florida State. Oh, okay. And the checkered kind of stuff he got into at Florida State. But, yeah, that too, that wasn't great. Man, he was – Adrian. not that anybody cares about this. this is 20 years old, uh, you know, a 20-year-old podcast we're doing. But, man, he threw a beautiful ball. Yeah. So I don't know that I've ever seen a, a quarterback at Florida State throw a ball better than that. Like, just the way he spun it. Just the effortless way the ball would just sail down the field. It was nuts, and it just did not work out at Florida State. I like Tuesday's practice, though, in terms okay. of the level of energy. Uh, not to be the smart Alec guy, I figure if they if they would have played Gap Band, drop a bomb on me. Was it Gap Band who did drop a bomb on me? Sounds like it could have. Yeah, I think so, man. 
If they were to play that last week, they probably would have beat Wake Forest, but they decided to play Toto's Africa. So. <laughs> Only for a minute. Well, Only for a minute. We brought that minute, up though. on headlines. And I was like, man, I don't – and Ira rolled his eyes because, of course, he did. I'm like, man, I don't think the music had anything to do – like, I don't think they, they practiced poorly because the music was bizarre. I just think it led to what that Tuesday practice felt like to us, okay. which was just kind of, uh, you know – I don't know. It just didn't seem to have, be all that intense. Average. I think he even he even cited. I oh, think, he definitely did. Yeah, but he did. You know, he wouldn't blame. Him. But I'm thinking like the fact that the soundtrack to an average practice was uh, Blue Oyster Cult, Billy Blue Idol, Oyster Cult, and uh, yeah, and Bon Jovi and Toto. It just made it that more uh, magnified and noticeable. It was good to see Amari out there too. I feel like you have Gap yeah. Band's playing reverberating in there, dropping bong. Huge, woo, baby. And then Amari's going fast. And it's like, all right, everybody's everyone's juiced up. I thought Malik McLean had a pretty good day of practice too, so maybe it's his turn now. You know, Darion's had a big game. Johnny's had a big game. Pokey's had a big game. Micah had a big game last week. Maybe it's Malik's turn. Uh, what else stood out to you from uh, Tuesday's practice, Corey? Um, well, uh, let's see. I got all I covered. All of them. Sorry, Gave you got it. Yeah, you did it all. Um, I would say. Or now, do we know now maybe? Like we've, because again, we've talked about we don't see other teams practice. And listen, and Mike Norvell usually puts a good spin on things. I don't want to say spin. I, th- I think he usually comes in when he speaks to us, he's honest about what he sees and feels. And it's usually he enjoys and likes what he sees from his team practicing. Uh, but, you know, seeing the way they practice on that Tuesday versus how they practiced this Tuesday. I mean, if that was a thing, if that was a real thing, the way they practiced last Tuesday and it affected their execution in the game Saturday, then have to feel good about where they're at now this week, looking at kind of micro-level thing. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think it was a good practice. I think they were pretty sharp. Um, and also think that uh, that he, you know, he when he talks about a practice afterwards, he won't ever say, man, we were terrible. This was ridiculous. He'll just say it wasn't, the sta- it wasn't to the standard we want. Yeah. Uh, there were some good moments, but I didn't like what I saw. Little things. He won't be. He won't be incredibly blunt, but he also won't lie if it wasn't a good practice. And, and so, yeah, the fact that he thought it was a good practice, he'll say solid, hmm. not good. He'll use the word like solid, eh, solid, you know. But the fact that he said good, and I agree, I thought it was a pretty good practice. Um, you know, there's, they're, they're dealing with some things. Not even guys that won't play. It's just you know, it's. They're, they're banged up, man. It's October in the middle of a, of a football season, a college football season. They're banged up uh, in, in multiple positions, just like every other um, every other team in the in the country. So you know, it's hard to know. It's hard to get a sense of like guys that are going to play a ton, how well they're practicing necessarily. But you do like the competitiveness, um, and you do like when it's you know a lot of it is is one's first scout on both sides. And I didn't see a ton of the defense versus the scout, but I did see a lot of the ones versus the scout defense, and I thought they looked good. Thought it looked looked good, normal, normal Florida State offense. Um, and yeah, I think that what what people might be interested in Aslan because I don't think this has happened before is that our man, the walk on number uh, ninety seven, Aiden Sherryari. He kicked two field goals there in that in that period of field goal special teams practice, just like Ryan Fitzgerald did. But they look a little bit different, though, huh? Maybe. I don't think they normally do that. Um, now you might roll your eyes and say, "Who cares?" Uh, until I see somebody else run out there on Saturday night, it's not going to matter. But you know, I think, and um, you know, Norvell was 
kind of in Fitzgerald's ear as he was kicking his two kicks there. One was a 30-yarder, one was a 40-yarder. He made them both. Um, you know, one came off his foot. Not great, but it got in there. And then um, Shariar... Sh- golly, Aiden. Just call him Aiden. Call I'm Aiden. Aiden. I'm going to call him auto- automatic. Aiden Matic. Um, he made both of his kicks, too, and Norvell did the same thing to him. Kind of got right by him as he was kicking, and I don't, we don't know what he was saying because he's on the opposite practice field. But, you know, he I, clearly he was trying to distract... I would think distract him or say something. Um, but I, I think that tells you that and they're letting Fitzgerald know not not that he wouldn't anyway he knows the score he knows the deal that there's a there there might be a real competition this week so Fitzgerald made both his kicks in that little period and so did the so did Aiden um and we'll see I guess we'll see uh today or Aslan will he'll be there I will not he'll see uh he'll see we'll see if that that continues and if they get more kicks and how that evolves moving forward and who who trots out there for the first kick on Saturday night yeah, I almost think you understated it. I, I I kind of feel like I buried the lead now. That that probably is the biggest takeaway from Tuesday's practice, though, because to your point, I like we would see in period two, and there's footage of it from last week because you know he missed an extra point against Boston College Fitzgerald, and mm. it's like all right, well maybe we need to start monitoring this situation a little bit more. And during period two, when it's kind of individual segments, uh, both those guys were kicking, but I, I can't remember seeing them do full on, you know special teams 11-on-11 kick segments uh, with their kick units where they have both those guys trying field goals. And like you said, they had, they've got this portable speaker that they wheel around when they go outside to keep the music blaring. And since it's an away game, it's mostly just crowd, crowd noise. noise. That's just... It, it's awful. It wears on it's your sight. It's ambient white crowd noise. Ugh, it's loud. It's, yeah, especially it's, when it's in the IPF. Oof. It just reverberates. Well, they had uh, that... But, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, so I was going to say, I, I think that's different. I think that's new. And I, I just, I thought people would want to know that because yeah, yeah. I know what you heard in the press conference and what you heard after the game that he believes in him. But he also believes in trying to win. And he's not going to just run a kid out there over and over again if he can't make field goals anymore. So, you know, I, I think they, they're they trying to come up with a backup plan and they'll see if it's, um, you know, if, if he has a good enough week that they give him a shot. Um, I will say that the the ball seemed to come off his foot pretty well. He doesn't have as big a leg as as Fitzgerald, but man, you don't need a big leg to make a thirty five yard field goal. Um, and those are really really important. Thirty five yard field goals, thirty eight yard field goals, twenty nine yard field goals are more important than having a, the leg to hit a fifty five yarder. Um, and that's what they they've got to figure out a way to get some consistency in that uh, you know thirty to forty five range. And the kid certainly has a leg to get it there from 45. But he's never kicked in a college football game. And he's, oh, he's going to be on the road in Raleigh against the number 14 team in the country. You'd hope he'd go out there saying, hey, baby, I'm a walk-on. Nobody's expecting me to do anything. Um, So there's nothing to lose here. What, am I going to lose my scholarship? I don't have one. I'm just going to go up there and have fun and and try to enjoy it and see if I can kick this through the uprights. It's happened before. Um, But, uh, yeah, so that... That again, that's just something to monitor. We have no idea. We won't know. There's not. There's no chance. There's going to be an announcement made about a new kicker. Um, but we will see on Saturday night if it, if any changes are made. And again, I want to give a shout out to Fitzgerald. He has done a good job in kicking off huh. since the first two disasters against LSU. Um, he's done a really good job um, in that role. So at least, even if he's not field goal kicking anymore, he can still contribute doing that. What, so what do you think happens though, Corey? If this is a draw. If it's a draw tomorrow, uh, if it's Thursday, a draw, if it's a draw I get later I'll let, on Wednesday. I'll let, yeah. 
Do you I'll still, let Aiden kick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I yep. mean, that's you have to. I would feel. for the for the reasons I mentioned in, on yesterday's show is is I I think that having Fitzgerald just watch a game, um, and if if you do have your backup go out and fail, it should free up everybody to be like, well, look, we got to go back to him. He's our best option. You don't want your walk-on to go fail. You want him to go succeed, and then you have an actual kicking presence. But I just I, I don't know how you could trot him out there um, for for a field goal in the in on Saturday night. Um, but you know, I also I was surprised that um, you know I, I was surprised they threw a pass on the second play of the game with Tate or the second play of the half in Louisville with Tate Rodemaker. Like once he threw that awful interception, I'm like, man, he's not going to throw the ball the whole half. And then the second play of the game, they're ripping a crossing pattern to Johnny Wilson for 20 yards. So, um, you know, maybe their their thought is he's got to kick his way out of it. I, I, I can't imagine I would do that, but uh, you never know, man. You never know. He Because the problem, again, right, is that he, he had such a great practice last week. Yeah. And he doesn't always have good practices. So the fact that he had such a great practice, like great practices all week, he didn't miss a kick. They thought that's going to translate into a game. And then they saw that crazy chip shot half swing 29 yard miss and like that's not the kid that we've been watching in practice what is going on so you can't trust that he can take it from practice to the game so it almost doesn't matter what he does in practice as long as the walk on Aiden my man Aiden as long as he doesn't um look awful in practice then I I would think you'd you'd probably give him a shot at least on extra points see if he makes your first touchdown let him kick the extra point because when That's I asked Norvell about it last week, uh, you know, going into the Wake Forest game about like you know we you know how are, how are things going over at that uh, you know position right now, he even said that like Fitzgerald practiced well going into the Boston College game as well. So that's another thing because that's two good weeks of practice, two not good games. So yeah. I I can't imagine again if it's a draw like listen if if Aiden goes out on Wednesday and Thursday and just starts spraying it all over the place. Then you got the answer, but if it's pretty nip and tuck, I mean, you all right. We'll give him a shot. Might as well. Uh, and I don't think there'll be any hard feelings, uh, right? And anyway. well, and what's what you have to keep in mind is not just the the results in those games. Go look at those kicks. He the even the extra points he made in Boston College and the field goal he made against Boston College. Those are not coming off the foot right. No. Those are not power kicks. Those are not high. They're not kicked with authority. It, it's just, it, but in practice, they look different. So it's not just, man, he keeps missing by a foot to the left in, in games, but in practice, they go, you know, it's, it's five feet to the right. He's right down the middle. But in the game, you know, in a game, he's shanking a little bit to the left, but he's still kicking the target. No, they don't even come off the foot right in games. That's, my, that's been my biggest concern is sometimes the ball just doesn't come off his foot correctly. Not just that you miss. Kickers miss, and kickers go through slumps. But it's not even, it doesn't even look like a normal kick of a, of a kicker at this level. Or a kicker, or, or many of the kicks he has in practice. It just, you don't see those kind of kicks in the games, and that's what's um, so troubling. So we'll see, man. They're not going to need any kicker this week, Aslan. No, no. They're going to they're gonna put up, I did ask this on headlines too. Say you don't kick extra points anymore. We talked about the guy that always goes for it on fourth down. Did you know the story of him, by the way? Not the, really. You remember I, the coach in Arkansas? Yeah, it was uh, Pulaski Academy or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and they won, you know, he won a bunch of state championships there. And Jeff's argument, I think, was, well, that's probably what most coaches should do is just go for it. I just said how stupid it is to, ha- to have a black and white blanket rule that you never punt. Hmm. It's like, that's just ridiculous. If you're fourth and 26 at your five, 
you punt the ball. Or your fourth and th- you know what I mean? Don't right. don't give the team the ball at your ten yard line. But his teams were always so talented. His stupid little antics didn't matter. And I love going for it on fourth down, but that's I ridiculous to have a blanket rule. Anyway, I didn't realize that he was the coach at Presbyterian last year. Yeah. yeah. And they went two and ten, and he quit. Yeah. And halfway through the season, after losing to Campbell seventy-two to nothing, his players went to him and asked if they could start punting on fourth down and maybe not onside kicking every kickoff. And uh, so he realized he didn't want to coach that kind of level anymore. So, again, there, there's a fine line between going for it all the time. I, there's no way analytics tell you, you should go for it all the time. That's just – I think that's as dumb as never going for it on fourth down. Like, coach to your team and coach to the situation. Um, coach with a little gut. Just have a, but anyway, so – but Mike Norvell is probably going to start going for it a little bit more on fourth down now with this kicking situation. But what if he went for two every time? And what if the two-point play – was always just to throw a, a, a jump ball throw to Johnny Wilson. Just one-on-one coverage? Just If you threw – because they're not going to put two guys on him on a two-point conversion. If you threw it to him five times from the three-yard line – and I'm not talking about a fade route like the one that Rodemaker threw. Though That was a high-level catch and throw. I'm talking about the one that Jordan Travis threw on Saturday. Just kind of middle of the end zone, kind of lob it up, let him box the defender out, and just jump up and catch it. If he doesn't catch it, he's probably going to get interfered with. But if you did that five times, how many times do you think he'd catch it? <laughs> At least three? three, yeah. Right. So you're ahead. That's six points instead of five extra points. I, so, I mean, like, I know that, that the, 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 I love the two-point conversion they play, play they ran to make it uh, 28-21. That was really cool. Maybe not so much the first time. But I, I just feel like, man, you could just say, hey, we're going to throw it up to this big kid here. See if you can defend it. You probably can't. You do that, you do that every time. You feel like the worst you're going to do is two out of five, but you're probably going to do three or four out of five, and you're you're gaining points. But again, we'll see. Like Norvell might be coaching like a wild man if this kicking situation never gets figured out because he's not going to have a choice. We'll see if there'll be a wild one in the bounce house later tonight. We got Wednesday night football. This one rescheduled what? due to uh, Hurricane Ian. Yeah, UCF taking oh, on right. SMU. Oh, that's a bit. SMU is pretty good, right? Well, no. Well, apparently oh. SMU's lost a couple games here, and apparently a bunch of their players plan on sitting out the rest of the year to preserve their red shirt and transfer out of there. Oh, sweet. Uh, they still so. got Dickerson, though, right? Dickerson and Craig James? Yeah, yeah. And okay, Lance good. McElhaney uh, at quarterback. So <laughs> okay, watch good. out, everybody. UCF, a three point favorite over under 63. You want to throw any advice out there, Corey? Get us on the right track. I, f- I feel like I've. Uh, I'm mush right now. All I know is those are those. That's the teacher versus the pupil. Rhett Lashley, uh, coached under uh, Gus Malzahn forever. Yeah. I think actually national title game. Uh, Brett yep. was with them. Uh, too bad there. Rhett couldn't figure it out. He's the one that said they could have named their score if they'd have done a few things differently on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, if you're telling me that half of the team for SMU is well, going to sit out, that half, several, several, more than like five, I think. Oh well, then, man, that's not great, is it? No. That I'm gonna say I'm gonna say UCF, especially okay. if it's at the bounce house. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I'll say I'll say UCF. They're only giving up three. Correct. Yeah, Correct. yeah. I like that. I like that. All right. Go to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANT when you make your first deposit. It will instantly get matched dollar for dollar, double deposit bonus. Mybookie.ag. Who loves you? And Florida State still. Three-point underdog Mm -hmm. against NC State in Raleigh. 51 is your over-under. I think that's mainly because NC State's offense hasn't looked all that beautiful. So 
no offense. No, it's to, not good. To and they don't have uh, they don't have great skill players. They have the the slot kid that's going to be a, a pill Thayer, to cover. There, Thomas. Um, but they they don't look great out wide, other than him. And they don't they don't seem to have great running backs. And their offensive line isn't um, overly impressive either. No, they've been they've not been good at all, really, offensively. Um, which is a surprise. I mean, they've got a very good quarterback, but you, you see what happens if you're not great around a quarterback, then the quarterback can't be great. Um, and they, they've really struggled. And I also thought it was interesting, Doran uh, hey, was hey, asked hey, about... I mean, it's a read. It's a read, buddy. It's a read. Oh, my word. We need hey, my bookie, everyone. My bookie, mybookie.com. Uh, it's mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANT. <laughs> Whatever. You know what it is. It's mybookie.ag, gang. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, NC State, Dave Dorn said something, Corey. He did. He said that uh, he was asked about Florida State. He said they looked a whole lot better than they did last year on film when he was watching them. Eh, same thing Clawson said, and he, he won too, but whatever. <laughs> but he also said that, uh, and I thought it was, uh, he, it, was, it was cool of him to admit this. He said last year when they watched Jordan Travis play, and even though they didn't have to face him because he ended up not playing because he had the flu, um, he said, it, I saw an athlete playing quarterback. Hmm. And he goes, now I see a guy just playing, I see a, a, a really good quarterback. He makes all the throws. He has poise. He stands. It's the, it's what we've all noticed. You know, football coaches aren't dumb. They see it too. Um, you know, last year Jordan Travis, if the first read wasn't open, would you know typically get a little skittish, roll to his right, and maybe take off, maybe not. Um, this year he's a different guy. But it's it's cool to hear all these coaches because why would Dave Doran really know that yet? He hasn't watched a lot of Florida State. Why would he? He's been preparing for his own games. He's not sitting there. Um, breaking down Florida State films three weeks early. But once they flip on the film, either Saturday night or Sunday, they all notice what we've all noticed, that he is a different guy. Um, and that, again, I you know there is a chance. There is no way in a million years if you'd have asked us on August 10th, who do you think is going to have the best quarterback that night in Raleigh? It, it wouldn't, no. and I like, and I've always been a Jordan Travis supporter, but I, I'd be like, no, that's, man, that's, that's Devin Leary. Devin Leary is really good. Jordan Travis is pretty good. He's decent. Devin Leary is a different class. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think you go into this game with a better offense. The flip side of that is, uh, you know, that other team has the better defense. And they're at home. And they have a huge, huge advantage at kicker. Their kicker makes everything. And I know we're, I'm not talking about the kicker anymore. I'm saying in a close game, that is a big deal, and and not just I'm not just ripping on Florida State's situation. NC State has a weapon at kicker. He's very good, and he's he's their all time leading scorer. I think he's made every kick this year that he's that he's kicked, and five of them have been over forty yards, or six are over forty. So that is a big weapon in a game that you wouldn't expect to see a ton of points. 
you don't expect like a 41 to 40 game. That's a big weapon that they have at home. Currently, Jordan Travis, 66, 65.9. I'll, we'll round it up. 66% completion percentage. Devin Leary, 63. Uh, Leary's got 10 touchdowns throwing. Jordan's got eight, but only one pick, Jordan. Uh, Leary's got three interceptions. And Jordan's averaging nearly uh, 20 yards more per game through the air. So, That's crazy. I mean, you would have never thought that no, going into the no. season. But also, that doesn't even take into account like the efficiency ratings and the QBRs. Like Jordan Travis is top 15, 10 Once, in the country. He's 167 in efficiency. It's not rank, but his efficiency is 167. Uh, Devin Leary's is 133.9. Yeah. And 167, I would assume, is top 20 in the country. I know there was one metric I looked at on Sunday where Jordan Travis was 11th in the country. And one of these, and who knows what they do for these ratings, folks? I, I have no idea. Like, Jordan Travis ranked significantly higher than Sam Hartman on Saturday. I didn't see it like that, necessarily. But Jordan Travis had better efficiency numbers than, than and rating numbers than Sam Hartman. But overall, they're a, very good, they're a very good metric to know who's playing well without just looking at yards and touchdowns. And Jordan Travis clearly is playing very, very well. He's one of, using those gauges, those metrics, those efficiency ratings, he's one of the top 10 or 15 quarterbacks in the country. In Power Five, he's probably one of the top ten right now performing in the country. He's just, man, it's a, it's going to be a different. This will this will be his most difficult challenge, I think, of the season. Um, that defense in that environment. Let's see how he does. This is another big. It's another nice test for that for that kid in the at quarterback. He passed one in New Orleans in a in a crazy bowl like atmosphere. He was playing very well against Louisville, but let's be honest, Louisville that was not a rabid crowd, um, and then he didn't play the second half. And then, um, you know, Boston College at home wasn't wasn't a test. And then that was a, that's a crazy though. Boston College has a good defense. They're they pretty just, good, they but I mean that game was through. it was just a route. It wasn't yeah. there wasn't any drama. There wasn't. And then and then obviously this last game against Wake, he he just there was a stretch of three or four drives there with, in the first half that cost them the game. And Jordan Travis wasn't great. And uh, now he's got to go on the road for what may you know these next two weeks are his biggest tests uh, of the entire season. And how is he going to handle him? He's going to be playing, I mean, you would say maybe the toughest road environment of the year for them because I know Miami can be tough, but there'll be a lot of Florida State fans yeah, in Miami too. I, for sure. Eight o'clock. I mean, I don't, yeah. who knows that Miami game might be a nooner if Miami keeps playing the way they're <laughs> right. playing. So so you have your toughest, your toughest road game of the year, um, toughest environment he's going to play in, followed by the toughest defense he's going to play. This is a really good, fun two-week stretch. Mm -hmm for Jordan Travis to kind of show everybody how good, how much better he's gotten. Um, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, and if he doesn't play well, they have no chance of winning. Sorry, Jordan, not trying to heap a lot of pressure on you, but if you don't play well, Florida State's not winning this game. I mean, not to, again, not to oversimplify, but like Jordan looked so great in those first four games because he had so much, not so much time, but the offensive line did enough. Things yeah. were there when he needed to be there. Things he was anticipating showed up. And then that kind of went by the wayside after that first drive against Wake Forest. And a lot of it, obviously, we talked about was the fact that, you know, the offensive line just wasn't doing a good job of, of creating a clean pocket. And a lot of that, some of that credit goes to Wake Forest's defense for maybe being a little bit more of a handful than they anticipated. And they weren't able to make maybe a lot of changes on the fly that they wanted to. I mean, is it is it unfair to say that even if there's going to be those same sort of breakdowns, NC State's got a pretty exotic defense with that whole 3-3-3? 
the three three five. You don't know where the pressure is coming from, different angles. I mean, is it unfair to say that even if this if things break down, Jordan has to find a way uh, to to keep his composure, show some more poise because. You know, it's one thing you have pressure in your face, but you, you you're still allowed to, to make a play in the face of it. You know, you're still allowed to roll out, buy some time, and make things happen. Didn't happen as much. Uh, do we need to see? Is, is it fair to kind of demand more out of him if if he faced the same kind of uh, pratfalls and pitfalls that he did against uh, Wake Forest, Corey? Well, look, if they're just letting blitzers run free uh, and he's got to get rid of it in half a second, or he's got—I mean, that's just that's Not a lot. That though, but there wasn't a lot of that. There wasn't a lot of jailbreak. No, there wasn't, but there wasn't, um, you know, he, he, I thought there were a couple of times where he might've felt ghosts, but mostly it was just dudes in his face. And that's hard. I mean, Sam Hartman wasn't great with guys in his face either. Um, it's just hard to do that. Um, and I mean, he, he took four sacks, um, big sacks. Um, and so I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to say that he's got to, if the offensive line is terrible, that he's still got to find a way to make things happen. If the offensive line is average, then yeah, he does. He's Because you know going in, it is not going to surprise any of us. It is not going to be like, well, what in the world? If NC State's defensive line does pretty well against Florida State's offensive line. Jordan Travis has to know that going in, that he's not going to have five seconds to throw. And Atkins and Norvell have to know that as well and game plan around it. I think they're smart enough to do that. All of them combined. We'll, they, we'll have some quick throws, some one or two play reads, some design runs that maybe can slow down this pass rush and take advantage of, of what you have outside, which are good players. You have good skill position guys, man. You have, I mean, really, man, when you look at this, and I haven't looked at the, I mean, I've watched all the teams in the conference play, but not every game. You could make an argument, I think, that Florida State has one of the top two or three skill position groups in the in the conference. I mean, those running backs are pretty good. Uh, the wide receivers are certainly proving themselves, and you also got the quarterback. If you want to count him as a school guy, that's that, go show it. You've got to go make plays. You're going to have opportunities to go make plays. So, yeah, but jo look, Jordan, I will say this, and I thought Jordan was okay. He was fine in that Wake Forest game. I He's got to play better for them to win this game than he did against uh, than he did against Wake Forest. Better he decisions. didn't play horribly against better Wake decisions. Forest. Better decisions. He's, he's got to keep on some of these. And you know that that yeah. last drive of the first half. If you guys go look back on the the last the last first down they had before the field goal came up, they ran the ball. You know, they kept running the ball all the time. But on that last yeah. first down they had, they ran the ball and then they had second and eight maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it was second and twelve. I don't think they lost yardage on that. No, play. no, it was second and eight. Yeah. That play was an RPO. And if you yeah. go back and look at it, on the top of your and screen, he handed it to Trayshawn. Yeah. Right? It was Micah and Pokey up top of the screen, and Micah got right on his dude and was blocking him and. The, uh, the guy was five yards off Pokey. So if you throw that ball out to Pokey, at worst, you're probably getting six yards. I mean, you're, you're gaining six yards there, but you also have momentum to maybe get a first down, and maybe that even gets the field goal through if you're six yards closer. And again, not to, not to boil everything down to one play. You know, Darius's play was a huge factor, obviously. Um, it's kind of cool, though, that there's, you know, these multiple moments in games that, you know, Everything matters now with Florida State, which yeah. is kind of cool. You know, the last few years it was like, I, I, I don't know what the key play of this game was. But things like that, too. I just, I, hopefully he'll be a little bit more comfortable, maybe with that brace off, maybe he feels a little bit healthier. Uh, it just seems like so many things just were out of sort for him last week. And it's not all his fault, but I just, he controls. I mean, he's, he is the, he's the trigger man of all this. If he sees some of these things a little bit better against NC State, even if things around him break down, I'm just hoping he's got a little bit more, 
you know, his feet underneath him with maybe a little bit another week of health uh, on his side that he can make those right sort of decisions because that that does swing drives and sequences and gets you some points and affects how the rest of the games are played. Isn't it crazy too to think about like uh, you think John Elway could have run like RPOs like are are any like Joe Namath like. I, well, back then, I think I think the quarterbacks were their own offensive coordinators, if you can believe that. Like they called their own plays back in the '60s in the NFL. But, um, like that's a lot of decisions. It He's got to check into the right play. He's got to give the uh, the offensive linemen uh, essentially their blocking assignments, their protection, their coverages, and then he's got to decide in a split second. Am I going to give it to my tailback? Am I going to am I going to pull it out of his belly and run to the left, or am I going to pull it out and throw it? And I know you can say it all depends on what the the pre snap look, but there's also some of it depend is dependent on what he sees as soon as the ball snapped. It's just amazing the amount of decisions, the amount the amount of choices that these quarterbacks have on in every play of every game with the RPOs because. You know, to a to a lay person, you're going to look at that and well, why'd they call a running play on second and eight? And I don't even know. I don't remember the play on second and 20 after they took the shot with Toa Feely um, down the sideline after Darius's hold. And they missed, he missed Toa Feely by like a yard and a half down the sideline on what would have been a touchdown. Um, I don't know if that next play is an RPO or just a straight handoff. Um, but yeah, you you know, that that play, it's an RPO. And so it looks like Norvell just lost his mind and called a run to the right. Are you talking about the second, second and twenty? Or the second and eight player? Yeah, about the second so, and eight yeah. at the twelve. But yeah. but. Um, and I get know, it. They want. They did not want Wake Forest to touch the ball at all again that half. They won the score and again to halftime. So I get them. They wanted to run the ball a bit more. But that was a safe throw that would have kept the clock running and got you yards for sure. Yeah. Yes. But he. You know. It's his decision to to. Right to hand it off to him, to, to keep it and run or to keep it and throw it. And it's just, that's a lot of plays that these, all these quarterbacks that do this RPO stuff. It's just amazing what's on, what's put on their plate and how many decisions they have to make. But uh, yeah, that's, that's not a good decision. And there were a few he made that just weren't good decisions. I thought there was one time that was interesting when it was, I think, I think it was 21 to seven and uh, they, they had to punt. It was like a third and long, a third and 17. And he thought he got pressure and dumped it off. I think it was an incomplete pass, or maybe it was a two-yard pass. Um, I can't remember to who, but it was. It, there was no way it was going to get a first down. I mean, it was a. It was a. He felt pressure on third and long and just dumped it off immediately to yeah. a guy that was tackled. Yeah, immediately. yeah, yeah. Even the guy uh, Dust Dvorak on the broadcast, like that, felt like a really conservative play call there by Mike Norvell. Yeah, and uh, then Norvell and Travis were were they weren't arguing. But on the sideline, Norvell, I think, went to him and asked him something, and and then he immediately like put his palms like down, like as you're making a calm down kind of motion, like it, he was doing that to to Travis as they were as they were talking, like calm down, man, it's okay, like calm down. Uh, well, he might not have been saying that; he might have been dog cussing them, but just doing it with the palms down. That's what I would do. Nobody can knows what I'm saying to these kids. Um, but so it was it was like. There was a moment there, like a stretch, not a long one, but a stretch of two or three drives where Jordan Travis just got out of himself and or, or just didn't make the decisions he's been making. But no matter what, no matter if it's an RPO and it's not blocked well, no matter if your quarterback made the wrong decision, Norvell, he is, I, I've loved what he's done for the most part as a play caller. It's not going well in the red zone. And he, that has to be something that's figured out, especially now that you know you can't kick field goals. You might not even kick field goals. 
Um, and it just seems odd. Um, I know he had the one catch in the end zone, but I think moving forward, you've got a guy that's unguardable inside the 10-yard line. And you're not doing well doing what you're doing, running the ball. Our, 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 your red zone offense is not producing at the level you want. You've got a guy that's playing really well, is is right now, not trying to jinx it, is catching most everything thrown to him, and is really hard to guard. I just think even if you have to go to the Greg Carr offense, man, th- th- that seems like it's easy stuff. That was the easiest red zone touchdown they've had all year was just tossing it up to 14. So maybe just keep doing that. 111th in the nation right now in red zone offense. And, and last were, year they were really good. They were really good last year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't now part of that is they've missed. I don't know. They Wait, they had two, nine? two. Is that his field goals right now? Is he four of nine? Fitzgerald's he's four of nine. Um, but also they've had some four downs I, that didn't go their way. Yeah, I think Mike they've had at least three three drives in the inside the red zone. They didn't score. They didn't even attempt a field goal. So yeah, that's a lot of missed opportunities inside the inside the ten yard line and. Not one time have they thrown like a from the ten or the twelve or the seven, just a nice little jump ball, basketball lob pass to Johnny Wilson, and it not resulted in a touchdown. Yeah, yeah so bring it back. Go, go to that more often. Bring back the Jackson State playbook. You know, so throwing to Malik McLean this time, throw it to Johnny Wilson. He'll catch it. Hey man, yeah, yeah, Same. it's not not hard to do. You might only have them for what seven or eight more games. Use them. <laughs> Don't say it. he's sticking around. Everyone loves Tallahassee. He's in love well, with it. It's NIL money, right? Get that NIL money together. That's true. That's true. Good call. Good call. All right, that's a wrap for us then. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? Anybody, anybody need to thank or shout out, Corey? You remember anybody's name? All these nice people that you meet and tell you how much they love you and you can't even remember their name? You remember anybody's name? None? Uh, no, just again, I thank all of you guys for, uh, for, uh, for, for being nice. And I would like to thank uh, the Atlanta Braves. Oh, yeah. How's it winning? A, you guys won a pennant, huh? Well, won the division. Um, we're ten and a half back on June first, and uh, tracked them down, um, and finally put on the game one sixty one. They clinched it, and uh, nice. I was doing some math, and uh, it's the twenty first division title they've won in my lifetime. It would they won twenty two division titles, which is the most in Major League Baseball history. But they've also won twenty in the what? last. They've won more than the Yankees, or something. NL, yeah, the because NL. they haven't had divisions for that long. Oh, okay. oh, divisions came right, around in like sixty nine. Right, right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's, but they've won 20 division titles since 1991. So in the last 31, 32 years, they've won 20 division titles. Oh, you poor, you can sit there and say they've only won two world series. Well, Hey, they still won two world series. No one does. You say that you're the one that said they've only won two. Everyone, it's not bad being a Braves fan. No, it's great, man. It's great. We, I, but it's really, I mean, that was, uh, um, I, I did watch most of the game on Tuesday night. I did not watch the final three outs with Kenley Jansen. Oh, I went and took a walk. Gosh. We're uh, back. I thought so I'd gotten over this. So you're not. It's Mr. October has returned. Corey Clark. <laughs> I was going to say, apparently, the apparently I have not. I made Brady go to bed and then I walked outside for 15 minutes. So I don't know what's wrong with me, people. I do not know what's wrong with me. I just now I just don't want to screw with it. Um, so oh, we'll see. We'll see how this next month goes. Part of me and I'm not being uh, this isn't a reverse jinx. Part of me would wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world if the Braves did not go all that far this year. It's a lot, man. It's a lot of heartache, and not heartache. It's just a lot of stress. Yeah. Like I, I bet my I bet my heart rate gets up to like one twenty five or one thirty watching these stupid games. 
and I'm an old man. Even with the it's vodka ridiculous. mio, even with the vodka mio doesn't relax you a little bit. Or you don't uh, drink. Yeah, when that's you're right. I wasn't drinking vodka. I was just drinking mio. I need to maybe start sprinkling in some vodka or some, I don't know, gummies. Anybody out there with gummies? Something to something to just calm your guys' nerves down a little. But it's ridiculous. I'm too old for this, Aslan. And my team just won a World Series World Series title. I was really disappointed with myself on uh, on Tuesday night for uh, for having to walk outside and not watch it. I don't know why I'm like this, and wow. it's starting to it's it's becoming an issue. Braves fans across the country, thank you though, Corey. You're doing you're doing the Lord's work, man. I'm doing my part. I lost a ton of money last year in the World Series for the Braves to finally win a world for a chance. That's another reason, man. Because if the Braves get back to the World Series, I've got to put huge bets on them to lose again, and I don't, I'm, I don't want to lose this money, man. It's that that wasn't cheap. That World Series for me was not cheap. I can't keep doing this every year. Oh man! All right, then that's a wrap for us. Uh, we'll be back though later this evening, live six o'clock on YouTube for one of our live shows. So uh, hop on there, get involved, post your questions, and then I'll probably put the Renegade Express thread up late Wednesday night very late and um we'll shut it down around lunchtime probably thursday okay and we'll we'll knock that one out war chant report probably dropping on thursday morning too austin cox has got the entire matchup analysis as well which is just a very thorough breakdown each segment versus each segment nc state and florida state we'll talk more about the wolf pack and the Knowles matchup here as we wind things down this week for Corey, i'm aslan thank you so much for listening to wake up or champ presented by corner pocket bar and grill